0: Let's celebrate this month. Let's celebrate this week. Welcome to the Big Weekly Blend podcast, the companion to our Big Weekly Blend magazine. Hey, everybody. Super excited to welcome back five-star chef Ivan Flowers to the show. He is, it's a little bit of a combination of Eat, Drink, Be Merry radio here on Big Blend Radio and our Big Weekly Blend because he's going to teach us a recipe that we can use now. Uh, really, all these beautiful, delicious vegetables. Um, he's going to teach us how to make his recipe called Harvest Blend. We like the blend word. And mm-hmm. he's also, which is, per- this is perfect for Thanksgiving, by the way. And um, he's going to go over some of those holidays happening this week uh, between November 12th and 18th. And, you know, it's also National Peanut Butters Month. It's World Vegan Month. And I believe his recipe, um, other than the Parmesan, which you can get a substitute, is vegan. So everyone, uh, Chef Ivan Flowers, you can see his recipes on blendradioandtv.com. Links of everything we're talking about and the music playlists are in show notes as usual. But welcome back, Chef Ivan. How are you?
1: I'm good, guys. It's nice to be uh, nice to be with you today.
0: Yeah, we has been missed a while, you. and um, yeah, you've got. To, mm-hmm. I know you're coming back on December, so we, we got to get back on our rhythm here, especially with our big weekly there plan of food. Mm-hmm. And um, it's cooking season, and I know I, you know, I was quickly running through some of these holidays, and one of the days is uh, National Fast Food Day, and I know that's not something you want to focus on. You want to teach people how to cook, and that's something you do. Now you, you do teach us high school students how to. You know, bypass that, that, uh, those golden arches, right? And actually do something for themselves in, in regards yes. to cooking, <laughs> which is yes. great.
1: And, and health, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do, do the students ever like help when it comes to Thanksgiving? Like, I know your recipe is perfect for Thanksgiving. It seems pretty simple to make. Um, but is this a time for, maybe the kids to step up at uh, Thanksgiving and, and, you know, all the different holiday gatherings and cook something and kind of show off to, to their parents and family and friends.
1: Yes, for sure. And, you know, Thanksgiving is changing quite a bit. Um, you know, the traditional, you know, well, you know, it's turkey and then it's the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows mm-hmm. on it and oh, the very yeah. fatty stuffing. You know, that's mm-hmm. starting to change a little bit. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. Zoomers are, you know, they're not so much into turkey. You know, they they might want to do something a little different. They don't want as much sugar, you know, with the sweet potatoes versus just roasting a sweet potato and, you know, controlling the amount of butter and just a touch of salt, pepper, and parm. You don't need all the heavy sugars and the heavy fats,
2: yeah. you know,
1: oh. which we we grew up with, you know. Um, They get excited Mm -hmm. about desserts, cobblers and crisps Mm -hmm. and, you know, light apples, uh, salads with a little bit of lemon and a touch of sugar and, you know, different things like that. You know, Mm. they really, when you look at the traditional original Thanksgiving, it was mostly um, shellfish. You -hmm. know, was a lot of shellfish. It was mussels. It was clams. It was game it was um mm. you know just simply roasted potatoes you know n- no cheese no butters you know so yeah. it's changing a bit so me that, i love a turkey <laughs> well,
0: turkey's good. I, I, I like turkey you know it as long as you can keep it from going dry because right. it does tend to go dry nancy wants to use right. the word moist that's what she's bringing. i know we, she's want, going. we want we <laughs> want the moist we want the moisture right. But turkey does tend to go dry, whereas other meats like chicken doesn't go dry like turkey. I don't know what it is right. that makes you just it have to. Sense.
1: You know, the biggest mistake that people make is you're supposed to cook a turkey to 165 internal temperature. Now remember, mm-hmm. it's on the bones. So when you take it out of the oven, that turkey keeps cooking. Those bones are hot, so by the time oh. the cur- you have to let a turkey sit at least an hour, and big turkeys, 25 pounds and up, an hour and a half. A lot of times that turkey will then go to 183, 185, and then the breast meat becomes like sawdust. You pull a turkey at about 155, 157. You tent it, and you let it sit. That's how you get a moist bird. And then, of course, you put butter under the skin, on top of the skin. I mean, Tracy does, when she does the turkey, she works on it for three days. She oh, puts oh it in God. the fridge, she lets the skin dry. So she's able to then work the Maiter D butter underneath. She stuffs the cavity with citrus, oh. garlic, herbs to create aromatics. I mean she like works with this she crafts the turkey.
0: Wow. What you gotta think too about, you know, how the turkey ah. was raised and, and processed and um Yes. I know in California, which is where you're based, there's diesel turkey, which we actually went to their farm. And they produce yeah. amazing. They have organic and they're just, they're, they're raised humanely. And, um, so I, I think that's something to think of too. And, and what are we purchasing turkey wise? Any tips on purchasing the turkey? Cause sometimes you end up working out of there with two in the, from the freezer. When, <laughs> you know? when,
1: when you buy a turkey, be very careful. Look at the, the top bottom. And a lot of times it'll say injected with let's say a 15% solution and all that is, is fat and salt and they inject oh. the Turkey and you see, well, 15% Ouch. isn't a lot. It is, it is. And you know, they inject it so it can be tender, it can but it's it. salty.
0: Oh, I see. They're, they're, wow. they're brining it.
1: They're, they're injecting yes, brine into it. the Turkey.
0: Mm. Now what about stuffing the Turkey? Um, uh, Some people say, do not put it on the inside, put it on the outside, I, or put it on the one, inside. What
1: do we do? I, d- I don't make stuffing anymore because I can't control myself. If I make stuffing, I literally I make the turkey and stuffing sandwiches that night and, and a, a day later. I can't control myself. I learned from my dad a long time ago, if you're going to stuff a turkey, <laughs> what you want to do is if you stuff a turkey with ice-cold stuffing, the bird is going to cook and the stuffing is not going to cook yeah. enough. You actually have to cook almost to about 110 degrees. The stuffing, put the hot stuffing into the turkey. And then by the time the turkey roasts, you get it to, you know, it'll carry to 165. The inside stuffing will be safe at at, at least 140 or up. Then you're safe.
0: Yeah. See, my grandmother used to, like, opposed Mm -hmm. to my mother, where the stuffing was always cold and the turkey was hot. Right. My grandmother, (laughs) no, seriously, my grandmother used to, but she used to take the turkey halfway out of the oven,
2: Mm -hmm. tip
0: it, and then throw hot stuffing in it. And it was, yeah, it was dangerous, but it worked. That worked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so I learned from her, but it was not the easiest thing to do, and no. I s- seriously wouldn't <clears throat> recommend it unless you have the gear no. for it. Like you need yeah. uh, gloves and aprons and something on the floor. And oh, it's called work.
1: It's work. It's, it's a lot of work. work. People, it's yeah, hard they work. don't want to do that. People no. don't want to do that. You know. No, no,
0: I think it's dangerous. If you don't know how to do it, the first time you sure. do it, it's like, whoa. <laughs>
1: yeah. Especially if you have eggs in the stuffing, you know, you have to be careful.
0: Yeah. yeah. And oysters. People do oysters. No, don't they, I don't know. Oysters.
1: Yeah.
2: No. Uh, <laughs> moist. They're Ooh. moist oysters. Well, no. oh, mm-hmm.
0: Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, I, what I love about your recipe and everyone, the recipe is up on Blend radio and tv.com mm-hmm. um also in the show notes whether you're listening on youtube or acas spotify you know check the show notes um but right there on, on blend radio and tv.com it serves for it is called harvest blend so these are yeah. all these vegetables that we can get now yeah. mm, right and it looks simple oh, yeah. And easy. oh yeah oh
1: yeah oh so so simple and we're crossing americana with mm-hmm. a touch of asian and a finish of Italian. And the trick with this recipe, two things. If you, there's something that they sell, it's called a saute wok. It's a saute pan that, that is, a, it looks like a wok. It has higher sides with a flat bottom. Mm. What that enables you to do is when you, cause you have to move the pan. You have to keep moving the pan. So the sides, mm. nothing is going to fall out of this uh, flat saute pan. It's very, very easy to move the vegetables. What you want to do is you want to get the oil hot where you start to see just a little bit of smoke. Then when you're going in with your squash, your onions, your tomatoes, if you want to add jalapenos to it, I use red peppers. Everything is large dice, which is about three quarters to an inch. And you want the vegetables crisp with integrity. So you move them quickly five to seven minutes and you get them where they're just there and they all cook at the same time. You then put a little bit of hoisin. Hoisin sauce Mm. is a condiment, an Asian condiment. It's got soy, garlic, chilies, plum, molasses. It's used a lot with pork, sparrows. When you drizzle a little bit of that on and then you saute that, you then, um, it, it coats it lightly with this a flavor that you just like. Oh, like where is this coming from? What mm-hmm. sets the dish is when it's when you're ready to plate it, you hit it with some fresh lime juice. You then plate mm-hmm. it and you sprinkle a little bit of freshly grated Parm. So you have umami from the hoisin, you have umami mm-hmm. from the Parmesan, you've got the lime that that wakes everything up, and you've got like almost a little crunch from the mm-hmm. vegetables. It's so vibrant. It's so healthy. And it's like literally, it couldn't be any easier.
0: You put the lime in the coconut. I like this because mm-hmm. I know it's yeah. it's vibrant. Like you're looking at the photo, I'm like, this looks healthy. It's delicious. It's got a little kick to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love that. It's cherry tomatoes, red onion, bell peppers, red bell peppers, right. yellow squash, mm-hmm. zucchinis, Italian right. herbs, some garlic, parmesan, so you could take the parmesan and swap it for a vegan. I don't, I, it's probably vegan parmesan, um, or not use it. They make you know. vegan
1: everything now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so this well, could be yeah. vegan. It's vegan month. And, and really, um, so many, so many people are vegan and you go Thanksgiving, here's your, you know, your french fries or here's your, you right. get the pumpkin pie. Exactly. It's, like, it's something nice that everyone can enjoy and, and be vegan. Yeah. You know,
1: and remember you can take this anywhere you want. Let's say you want to put a little bit of cat, Calabrian chili paste in there, you know, the hot Italian chili paste. Mm-hmm. If you want Ooh. that spice level up, put it in. You know? I mean you can the cooking is mm-hmm. recipes are interpretive. You can you can make food do anything you want. The food doesn't control you. You control the food.
0: Yeah. It's it's Ooh. like chemistry. Like when I got into chemistry class they went, holy crap. Because I was like, <laughs> I'm not understanding any of this, and the teacher said, "Think of it as a recipe." Now today, mm-hmm. people are probably, oh, that's so misogynistic or whatever, but it worked because mm-hmm. I could, I could relate chemistry to a recipe mm. and how you balance things out a little of this, mm. a little of that. Oh, that was too it, much. Exactly. Of that. Yeah, so don't do it next to, you time. You have
1: to feel it. You have yeah. to feel it as you're cooking yeah. it. You have to feel it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I you love do. this. I love this. Nice, vibrant. Get some vegetables in, and it's at that we're at that weird season where there's still an abundance, especially depending on where you live. I mean, everyone's growing squash here in Arizona right now, where I oh, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, there's, a, there's a squash. There's a squash. They're going to start marching down the street just now. There's so many. Tomatoes <laughs> everywhere. So I love putting the cherry tomatoes in too, because we always forget yeah. that they, they are fantastic saute. That's the best mm. way to eat tomatoes to me is saute them. You know, it's, um,
1: yes. Ooh. Yes. You just split them. You make sure you split them. Yeah. Yeah. This otherwise, way yeah. Because then they, they get cook that. a little bit. Yeah. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I like
2: this. Mm -hmm. You put
1: you put a platter of this out on a table with a spoon. I guarantee you, it'll be finished within five minutes. Yeah. Students that don't even really kind of like vegetables that much went bananas with this, and Mm -hmm. really the hoisin and the lime Mm -hmm. make it very unique. It's kind of like what am I what am I tasting here?
0: Yeah, because I've always wondered what was in hoisin sauce. So thanks for Mm -hmm. telling us. Because I've always wondered. Like, I've only had it maybe 10, 12 times.
2: Yeah. And And use it sparingly.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to taste it separately because I couldn't identify it mm because it just seemed really foreign to me. But it's pretty good, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. sriracha, I know you always talk about sriracha, and I finally had sriracha, like that I knew this was sriracha. and. I've decided well, I'm, I'm, tatsy, tatsy. I'm a big fan of Sriracha now. Like Sriracha me silly. <laughs> I want it. I like it. It's good. Well it's uh, a great way to, yeah. to kick up the you know, can we stop with the boiling of of vegetables? Like some I need they oh, yeah. know I need to know be, but I, think I know, that's what can't happens. we just uh, saute don't, them instead of boil? And Don't and the canned like things boil. like you know, there's a there's a balance, but Let's uh, go through some of these other November foodie things and they are, some of them might end up on your Thanksgiving table or holiday gathering. Um, November mm-hmm. 12th is National Pupusa Day. And I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing this right, but it's an El Salvadoran holiday that celebrates the pupusa, which is a tortilla flatbread, like a, like mm. a tortilla flatbread. And it's Nom-bread. filled with beans, beans, meat. Um, it's like chupatties, right? Beans, meat, mm-hmm. and, um, I think they put like vegetables. I'm seeing red onions mm. on there, cabbage. I yep. think that's something too. We've got a t- oh. Um it's a big taco. They, people put mushrooms, squash blossoms. Well, this is kind of oh. cool. So so apparently cool. there's street food in New York too. I didn't know that. But um squash but blossoms. I think wow. I think the idea of cabbage like cabbage and tortilla mm-hmm. and uh, like tacos mm-hmm. go really well to me. Cabbage. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a, yeah, good ca- ooh, cabbage. Um, okay. Let's see. It's chicken soup for the soul day. That's good. It's Diwali. Ooh. Uh, Diwali is awesome. We used to celebrate that, especially in, in Africa. Um, ooh. you know, and they would make all these amazing. Diwali. Uh, it's Diwali is a, it's a Hindu celebration. All these little cakes and deli- sweet mm-hmm. things. That are naughty for you, but they are absolutely delicious. So if you have friends then, celebrating Diwali, go to their house. And I'm the vendors saying. would go up and down the streets with mm-hmm. stuff to eat. And it and they would ring bells and dogs would yeah. bark. And you're like, ooh, look at that. I want that." And Nancy, this is a day for us. It's a national pizza with the works, except for... Yeah, anchovies there you day. go. Because we can't yeah. eat anchovies. But okay, so your ultimate pizza, Chef Ivan...
1: Okay, it's mm-hmm. funny you say that because I'm doing pizza tomorrow with with oh, cool. the students. The trick, you know, Tracy's an incredible cook. I, I have to say uh-huh. this. And mm-hmm. she gave me a pizza dough. and we were watching a show one day, and a guy in Vegas, like a really highly rated pizzeria, made the dough, and he would put it in these refrigerated spaces and let it sit
2: mm-hmm. for about
1: five to seven days. Well, I made some pizza dough last year and a student, um, was out and I left his dough in the, in the refrigerator covered. And Mm. when he came in, when we took the dough and we went to go on the counter with a little bit of flour, all you had to do is literally blow on it and it would flatten it. You Mm. touched it and it just went to, you could take it to any thinness you want. The pizza Mm. came out. It was so incredible. Now, I'm not going to do that, rest it for a week, because I don't have that kind of time. But if you ever Mm -hmm. make pizza dough at home, loosely cover it. Remember, it's a yeasted dough. Let it rise. Mm -hmm. And let it sit for about five days. And you will have a dough, because dough is a living thing. And Mm -hmm. you will have a dough that you'll remember for the rest of your life.
0: See, now my granny used to say, if you put yeast in anything, it needs to rest. It needs days. It needs to rest. Yeah. More and, Granny, and I, no. She was like, it needs to rest, and she, she, said, she never learned it from a book. She learned it from making it an trial and error. And she called her yeah. kitchen by. The, she called her kitchen trial and error it was really funny. <laughs> well, no, but, you know funny. when when we were in Asheville. Um, I, I keep going. I, I know I've probably this is probably the tenth time I've said this about this restaurant. at piazza uh, is a pizza place, and they were pretty new. And they won Best of Asheville, by the way, for pizza or new restaurant in Asheville, awesome. something like that. Um And we and we kept going there, and it was really bad because they they did like it was so simple. But this dough, it, it's like. You know, because we never finish it. You have a piece and, you know, try to slow yourself down. But when they did the mushrooms, like, you know how you you taught us to always cook the mushrooms before you put them always, on the pizza. Always. And the onions. Yeah. And the garlic. We mm. Now yes. we do that. Yeah. But they didn't overdo the sauce. Because sometimes it's yeah. like you get this heavy tomato sauce and it's like, okay. It's kind of like everybody does pasta with tomato all the time. It doesn't need to be. There's just all these no. different ways. But they had a little yeah. spinach. um olives kalamata olives um garlic onion mm-hmm. and mushrooms yeah. right mm-hmm. and let me tell you the next day that pizza was like delicious mm-hmm. it, it had this new texture when you heated it up a new texture and it was sourdough so we were bringing the pizza home mm-hmm. and then getting to this thing of we don't want to eat it until and it was like all white cheeses right asiago and, and mm-hmm. all of that and without the tomato i think it would ruin the sourdough complexity of this, and um, I have to, I I that pizza dough. I mean, it was just the next day, and it reminded me of when Nancy used to bake bread. We'd just wait the next day. We'd get sourdough, yeah, and wait then, and wait yeah. and wait. And oh my mm-hmm. god, that was so good. It was so good. It was like a creamy sourdough and not overpowering. It was, dude. Okay. Anyway, it's National mm-hmm. French Dip Day, so Ooh. the French Dip. This is something, oh, Ivan, you've got to have made French dip quite a bit before. Um, yeah,
1: I love French dip, a true mm-hmm. French dip with with actually, you know, what makes a French dip like, you know, there's, what is it, Philippe? Philippe's You yeah. mm-hmm. <clears throat> know, is mm-hmm. they use the true juice that comes out of the beef. Okay. Most wow. restaurants, the jus that they serve on the side, it is basically like a bouillon, heavily salted base that oh, they add no. water to. Yeah,
2: that's So fun. a
1: true French dip, whether mm-hmm. you're putting the sauce on the meat, which is a yeah. jus or a julie, and you can mm-hmm. put some herbs in it, and, and then some, you know, you could dip the whole yeah. sandwich. Um, mm-hmm. That's a true French dip. And when you serve it <clears throat> with, I think, like a spicy mustard or an aioli, that's Ooh. it. That's, a, that's all you need. That's nice. That's it.
0: And the dip doesn't have to be ultra hot because sometimes they serve it really, really hot. And you're like, yeah, Dude, that's yeah. too hot. I can't well, go yeah. there. Yeah. It's, it's interesting yeah. to me because it's also it, every time I think of French dip and it is messy. And I, I think a French dip would be good for like Christmas Eve, you know, nice, mm-hmm. nice, hearty French dip. And, um, mm. the other thing is it reminds me of French onion soup. And French onion soup isn't, you know, you can get vegan type, right? But like a really well done, well executed, Mm. I should say, French, I mean, French onion soup is to die for Mm. with the right cheese. I mean, and that is a beef base too, right? Are you going to be using bouillon or would you, could you take the French dip, Jew, and put it into and take that as like the base for the French onion soup?
1: Well, if you want to make, a, if you want to make a vegan French soup, not vegan, vegetarian,
0: mm.
1: originally French, French onion soup is done with um, veal bones. Yeah. And they, they make a stock and then they sweat the onions in the veal bones. If you do beef bones, it's a little heavy. If you want to make it with vegetable stock, most places they just throw raw vegetables in water and they simmer it. If you take vegetables and you roast them, Put a good mm. roast on them, and make the stock out of that. Now you have a dark, enriched, fortified stock that you can make of um uh, vegetarian onion soup. You don't need to use veal or beef or any of that, and you know what? you wouldn't even taste the difference
0: okay cool. see that's okay. What I think you're right. The roasting makes the difference because mm-hmm. it's like oh, a yeah. barbecue versus in the oven mhm, oh, the, I'm hungry it. it uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm hungry. I want some French onion soup with provolone cheese, some nice garlic bread. I don't know. Like, what do oh. you, ooh, a mm. sourdough bread. Oh, a sourdough. Our friend yeah. Jeff here makes, um, where we are in Tucson, he makes these amazing loaves of sourdough. And I just finished the loaf this morning. And I put mm. goat cheese mm. on it. The, yesterday morning, I spread goat cheese on it. Then this morning, mm. I used it for avocado toast. And I put some mm-hmm. hot sauce on it. I'm just going to say it's good to be back on the West, man. <laughs> yes. oh, gosh. Our next, our next foodie holiday is, this is fun, Ivan. This is fun. I like doing these foodie <laughs> holidays with you. I don't know if you've had this. I don't know if Nancy's had it. I don't think I have. It's a national Indian pudding day. Uh, November 13th. Oh, and this is something that comes from new England. It's a traditional new England mm-hmm. dish. And apparently it's, it's going to be like an old school thing be- and something that was made by the uh, Native Americans in mm-hmm. North America. Um, molasses and cornmeal are the main parts of oh. this. It's like a sugary, like flat mm-hmm. cakey kind of Yeah, it's sweet not a pudding. Dish. Yeah, it's not, it's, a, it's not it, a pudding, it's but it's not like a really a pudding. pudding. Yeah, I don't know. If it's, they say that it goes back to, and what they, it's from, like the very first Thanksgiving, goes back to 1621. Is the mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. mention they have of that from when the colonists came over. That's pretty amazing. It's wow, it's more yes. like yeah. it's more like a topping. It, it looks like a cake with like a sop like a crust on the top, yeah, and it's soupy in the middle. Have you mm-hmm. had it, Ivan?
1: I haven't. It sounds interesting though.
0: Molasses mm-hmm. is always good, right? you know yeah we like well you that. well you have to add a little something to molasses to make Ooh. it sparkle. Yeah. November 13th is anti-bullying week and I bring this up because you're teaching high school students. Do you think doing things like cooking and getting kids together because it's team yet also solo, right? Because you're having to do what you need to do but it's also teamwork and you know working in kitchens as you've done over mm-hmm. um, your career there's a teamwork and then yet you need to execute your part and bullying could get in the way of that. So do you think, you know, it helps kids um, even with their confidence, which helps in in the world of anti-bullying it's um, oftentimes the, the bullies are being bullied somewhere else or have some issues there. But do you think teaching um, cooking that it helps them, you know, in regards it helps to maybe
1: en- go ahead. It helps them enormously. Um, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> I've run kitchens for a very, very long time. And some of the most talented cooks I ever had had a very, very hard past and a very hard mm. uh, life growing up. Mm. And there's something about a kitchen when they get in and they become physical, where they're getting all that physical work, but they're also getting a lot of discipline because it has to be done correctly. And you have to work as a team, as a family. And I've seen a metamorphosis, not only in high mm. school students, where I've had some really, really um, students that, you know, were having a hard time and there was yeah. a lot going on, kind of transform in a kitchen. And they're not, they're not going to do it in algebra. They're not going to do it in geometry.
2: Mm-hmm. But all of a
1: sudden, they make something and they eat it. And someone says to them, you know what? This is good.
0: Mm. I it's see like it all the art. time,
1: all it's the time. Like,
0: it's like art, like in an art class, people bloom. Mm. Art, creative writing, not something where everything is so over-regimented, like mathematics is regimented, and the answer has to be the one and only answer, you know?
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. In, in cooking, culinary is yeah. an art, and the interpretation is different with everyone. You yeah. give somebody technique which takes a lot of discipline, and then you watch them enter the environment of having imagination and creativity, they mm-hmm. start to soften. There's a change, you know? And they,
0: and they open up and they take risks because mm-hmm. they've learned not to take a risk because if you grow up in the wrong environment, when you take a risk, you get hurt. So mm-hmm. they stop, of stop, course. stop. And then, and you know get how
1: they play
0: a space where they can take a risk,
1: well, do you and know how you learn how to cook?
0: Taking you make a risk. mistakes yeah, yeah, you're
1: taking a, you make mistakes, and guess what? yeah, when you're learning how to cook in a cooking class, you're allowed to make the mistake.
2: yeah,
1: we as long as you're trying, we're not taking twenty points off because you got the wrong answer. Your heat was a little too high. Your oil wasn't hot enough. Now you know next time, yeah. so there isn't this slap on the wrist kind of thing. You got to burn something once to, 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 yeah. to know how to not burn it again.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love this. It, you know that I think it, it, it's growth, oh, right? Sure. And through growth and, and personal growth and confidence comes from this. The other thing about teaching kids cooking is that they get to learn health. And what's mm-hmm. good for you and making the, and, and going back to that national fl- I'm not even telling anybody when that day is that fast food day because don't do it. No, I mean, I'm, I, I, I was talking I, about this on the no. last show. I have a, I have, um, a, I have my french fry experiments in the car and those things oh, don't change dude. color. So I don't know what we're eating, but they don't get mold and food that doesn't get mold to me is not food. <laughs> so I'm and just saying, even, I don't know what, even. OK, even when bears roam around your car and they don't break, they it, don't go for the science experiment. There's they don't wrong. go for it but, either. It's so funny. November 14th is World Diabetes Day. And I wasn't going to get into that, but I was just thinking about this, Ivan, that, you know, there's so many kids with diabetes now um, at a young age. And um, sometimes, you know, sugar is a big part of the household. So I'm wondering with you teaching if they're starting to adopt habits that will help them not go into the, the, the world of diabetes and, you know, get them to eat healthier and make better choices and eat the vegetables and start to appreciate the vegetables and the fruits and the spices, whereas before they would have poo pooed it maybe.
1: We spend a lot of time, a huge amount of time on nutrition. <clears throat> Everything from reading labels to making choices to. Even looking at some of the fast foods that they eat, the, you know, the idea that the big food companies many years ago have given up on your health and it's fat, sugar, and salt. And they're, they're amazed. We give Mm -hmm. them alternatives. Um, We talk about it all the time because the reality is high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes are, are huge in elementary school. In elementary school, the levels are rising. We talk uh, about the, the the glycemic index and how eating certain foods can raise your blood sugar at such a rate and how to properly, and we really hammer it. And believe it or not, by the end of the year, the responses uh, are that's one of the best lectures uh, we've ever seen. We, we, we recreate, you know, if they like the sausage McMuffin at McDonald's, the, um, it's like I don't know. Oh no! It's some. It's it's on two pancakes. It's the sausage, the McGriddle, right? It's probably the most delicious thing that with maple syrup. You put it in your mouth. You think you went to heaven. Well, we 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 recreate that and change it to where it's like eighty five percent healthier. So we teach them all of that. The problem is, you know, from the time the young kids are eating cereals. They're hooked. They're hooked on fat. Mm. They're hooked on sugar, and they're hooked on mm. salt. And that's how yeah. they get hooked.
0: And they're addictive things. Those are yeah, of course. That, and yeah. those are things that were put into canned foods to prolong the life of food that would have been dead otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, I mean, additives to prolong the life Ooh. of dead food. Well, Uh-oh. now wait, Nancy. No. Good segue. That was perfect because November fourteenth. E- oopsie! No, no, that was perfect. Well done. Well executed. That's the you know that's the word of the day. Oh execution. boy, here comes oh, that doesn't sound. the emails. Um, no National Pickle Day because I now love pickles. I I know that pickled and fermented food is good for our gut. They are a form mm. of probiotic. Sauerkraut. Oh God, a good sauerkraut. Ooh, it's mm. really good. But now, is there a way to do this that it's okay, Chef Ivan, or should we just only eat a little bit of pickled goodness?
1: Let me tell you something when it comes to pickles. The amount of salt that they put in a pickle. I had a student. I was consulting for a a kitchen, doing some consulting work, and she was 17 or 18. No, she was in in her young 20s. She used to buy the 7-Eleven pickle. It was a pickle in that plastic thing with the juice. And she never Mm -hmm. read the fact that it Uh. had 800 milligrams of sodium per serving. The problem was the the servings were five. So she was doing 4,000 milligrams of salt every day just on the pickle. Oh my God. They salt pickles and brines heavily because commercially they can hold on the shelves for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, months. You do not have to do that. You can make your own pickles Mm, with cucumbers. If you keep them whole, it'll take a week or two to pickle. If you cut them in half, it'll take a few days to pickle. If you do them Mm -hmm. as chips, they pickle overnight and you can use a fraction of the amount of salt. Put different pickling spices in it. You can put mm. very light sugar or an artificial sweetener and it's the most delicious pickles you ever had. Pickles wow. are salted just like anything else is salted to last.
0: Yeah. But huh. who's gonna make
1: pickles? They think it's hard and it's not.
0: <laughs> well that's because that's because they show these old ladies with those skirts that go to the ground and they're all hunched over. And heavy with a scarf. Victorian over. times. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah but, those, those photos but, of but, people. Ah, oh, like Eva, here, our friend Eva, it, Jeff is her husband who does the sour, uh, the sourdough and she does a lot of pickling. She'll go in and, and get all the harvest and she makes her own salsas and relish and pickles and she doesn't mm-hmm. overdo that stuff because she, you know, she's conscious of that. And I'm telling no. you, she just lets the, she has a way of pickling. Of a lot and relishing that allows the actual vegetable or fruit, cause she does that too, to actually come through so you can still taste what that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, you know, how many times have you gone and eaten a pickle from a store or like you're talking about? And you don't even, you can't taste that it comes from a cucumber anymore. It's just so overly done. But you don't with the taste it. Oh, yeah. cucumber.
1: You But you want to be able to vinegar. still have that.
0: Yeah, you want to have that balance. And by the way, one of my favorite things is peanut butter. Since it's peanut butter month, uh, peanut oh butter boy. lovers mm. month, peanut butter and pickles is like, like, oh my God. But, um, yeah, I'm weird, but it's so good. But Ivan, in, in restaurants, sometimes you'll go order a meal and they're going to say, okay, we're going to have this pickled this as a garnish, like a pickled, like mm. uh, thinly, thinly sliced red cabbage yes. or, so so is that is, is that kind of like an overnight pickling thing, like you were talking about for the Oh, very quickly. Yeah, very oh, wow. quick.
1: Yeah, not even overnight sometimes. Sometimes within an hour. If it's cut yeah. super thin, that'll pickle almost immediately. And you don't yeah, want to let it... too much of it in because you want it crunchy.
0: Mm, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's get pickled. This sounds fun. I dig this. This is fun now. Um, <laughs> November 14th is National Spicy Guacamole Day. Now, I love guacamole, but Mm. when people overdoctor it, they ruin the integrity of the guacamole. I have my recipe is you take the avocados, you mush them up, don't over mush them. So it's baby. You want some chunky, you want like, let it still be an avocado. I would take just like a spoonful of my favorite salsa. You know, it could be fresh salsa, (laughs) whatever. Put it in there. If you need to add some chili. Powder or some ch- just a few, but if you'd have, people tend to to make this like a paste, and it and it shouldn't be, and you don't want like salsa throughout mm. it. Like you need to still have chunks of actual avocado in between. Yes. Am I right? Yeah, you you know what I mean. It's like
1: well, you, uh, that's exactly <clears throat> how we make it, and what mm. you know, what Tracy does is she buys the avocados hard. Mm -hmm. She puts them Mm -hmm. in a paper bag Yeah, and an apple. She puts an apple in. She, I always say to her, it's a French laundry avocado. She Mm -hmm. gets them in a few days to a point where that avocado is so perfect that when you bite into it and you put a little salt and you just eat it out of the skin, it's Mm -hmm. avocado times a thousand. It's got Mm -hmm. a window. An avocado has a window like a banana when it's just Right. Other than that, if you go too far with a banana, it gets gassy, it gets weird, and avocado turns brown, it starts to get mushy. There's that window, and that's when you Mm. have to eat the avocado.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Now, what about people putting avocados in their fridge? Because every time I've tried that, it comes out moly. It's like It's weird. It's weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, I know everyone does it. It's like tomatoes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like tomatoes. You know, they're not meant to do that. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So there we go. Don't do that. Okay, don't put. I put tomatoes in there in the fridge. You need to just eat them Mm. up and get on with it. Is is that's the thing? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yes.
0: Okay. Don't put it. Okay. Now, um, let's go. What is what's in store for us for November fifteenth? Oh, well. Speaking of refrigerators, it's clean out your refrigerator day. It's also National Recycling Day, so that's a cool thing. So we can recycle our bottles and stuff like that. Um jars you know good stuff but clean out your fridge day a clean fridge is probably a good thing and then what about expiration dates how real are those things do you think
1: you know when it comes to expiration dates just because something hits the date it doesn't mean that it's expired sometimes they can go a couple of weeks after that they also now like with dairy with cream and milk and yogurt and I just found this out recently, they have longer expiration dates, but you have to ask for it. So when I buy cream and I buy milk from my purveyor, I tell them, give me the long, and these things last for three months. So there's a way to buy dairy where you can find longer expiration dates, but basically they have to put some kind of date on it because they have to rotate the product so they can keep buying more so (laughs) the The, the food uh, manufacturers can keep producing more. So, yeah, they have to put a date on it. But, you know, eggs can last six, seven weeks and be fine. I've had wow. cream that I've used, you know, three weeks after and it's fine. You smell it, you check it. So, you know, that could get expensive if you just throw it away, you know, check it first.
0: Yeah. So what about eggs? I mean, it, it's it that's a whole confusing thing because you should know where like where it came from like sometimes like we you know we travel full time and pets sit and we'll go to someone's house and they're like oh eat the eggs and you go in there and there's like they're just in a egg thing you know they're not in a carton you and you look at them like did they come from the farm normally they have cool colors if they came from a farm and you open them up it's nice and orange and the yolk and everything but how do like we go like we don't know if it's going to be good or not is there a way to tell if an egg is bad when you crack it open well
1: The different colors on eggs is the earlobe of the chicken. That creates the color of the egg. If you buy a fresh egg, the shell is very thick. The egg lasts mm -hmm. a lot longer. Commercially uh, grown eggs are very thin-shelled, and they turn a lot quicker. I know people that don't even refrigerate eggs, which is crazy. You should refrigerate (laughs) eggs.
0: I, Even if they come from didn't. the farm, well, yeah, if it's hot in your house. But she only, she would get six at a time from neighbors that had yeah. chickens and just leave them on the counter and use them up within two days. Right. So, but I always would, because I was always taught, put them in the fridge. Yeah. And she's like, hey, no, you, it ruins re-
1: Yeah.
0: It re- if, it, re- if you get t- an t- egg,
1: from, yeah, you get fresh laid eggs. There's nothing better in the world. I have students that have chickens, and they bring fresh eggs in, and it's like, yeah. oh, my God.
0: Yeah. The difference. It's, it, it, so it's I, whole, we, we Even we, when you crack them open and they fall into a pan, I'm like, oh, fresh or not? Yeah. I, you can, know, we, I can now tell. I've been in so many kitchens that I am like, no. nope. And it's, it's, you,
1: you'll know it's, an egg is bad when you crack it. You'll smell it. You'll, you'll oh, see it, and ew. you'll smell it.
0: Oh, god. Have you ever well, you seen a? Potato, have
1: you ever smelled a potato that went bad? Oh yeah, got yeah, the yeah. The, uh, no, oh no. my god!
0: Oh, oh. oh. And, well, then, okay. and then the yeah. best is garlic. Garlic that goes bad yeah. is <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it, it actually ferments. Like it gets all. It's kind of it, yeah, you me, can though. make it into something. I don't like it, really? but you got to be careful with you onions and garlic. Be careful with those. Let
1: me give you. A, let me give you a trick <laughs> with with garlic. Let's say you you buy some garlic that's peeled. You buy a small container of peeled garlic because you don't want to peel it. So if you want it to last a long time, you cover it with oil and put it in the refrigerator. Now you have oh. garlic oil, and that garlic can last Ooh. up to three to four months.
0: Now that's wow. a good one. That's a good well one. <laughs> that's a good one. Wow. I like that. Yeah, because, because yeah. we go from place to place to place. And nine times out of 10, both the onions and garlic are moldy. Yeah, you got the onion thing scares me because onion, it, that mold stuff can make you not, no, not a Mm -hmm. good thing, but, but like, no, you throw it away. I put celery in water. Like when we get celery, I'll cut the stalks off the, the tops off. Try and get it with the tops already, not already pre-cut if you can, but cut the greenery off and the base. And then I put it in clean water. And mm. that celery, if you just put in a, a glass, is the perfect thing. Just in a glass. You right?
1: want to know another trick with celery? Yeah. If you yeah. don't want to go through yeah. that. You wrap it in aluminum foil. Really? Oh. You tightly wrap celery in aluminum foil, and you can have it for weeks.
0: No way. You want to know That's another cool. trick yep. with celery? <laughs> it's the best thing to clean what your dog's teeth. Oh mm. yeah, give but your dogs some. Yeah, no, it's up celery really and apple. It's the best thing to clean your dog's teeth. They love it. They go for it, and it cleans their teeth. There you mm-hmm. go. Wow. No, I, I never knew I, that. Well, yeah. a celery and apple is not bad for dogs. It's good for them, quite frankly. So, um, vitamin-wise, moisture-wise, I said moisture. Oh yeah,
1: potassium. And, potassium yeah. level is fabulous.
0: Mm, and they like the crunch. And it cleans the tartar off their teeth, which is a lot easier than brushing your dog's mm-hmm. teeth. Yes. So when like and of celery
1: and peanut butter,
0: <laughs> I was going to say yeah. peanut butter, and then you could put. No, raisins I, would on the, it. I would I would leave the peanut butter out for an animal. Oh, but. No, oh yeah. For, oh no, but dogs love peanut butter unless they're allergic. to it. Doesn't away. make it's it a, good for them. Yeah, it is. It's fine for them, and it's the great one of the great ways to get uh, hide a pill in it. And give it to dogs. Doggies love their peanut butter. It's a good treat for them. But do not get peanut butter. Watch the labels because they put xylitol in peanut butter. And that can kill your dog. So you do not want xylitol. Watch those labels. You really have to read labels. I know we've talked about this before. And in Arizona, Yuma, the peanut patch when we go to Yuma, go get peanut butter there because they just crush it. It's real. There's, There's there's floating oil on it. It's like it's real. Do it. You want it smooth, crunchy, chunky, uh, but they don't add anything to the peanut butter. But if you go to the store, real. that peanut butter, and it's I'm sure that's... there's other places where you can get nut butters and butters that aren't preserved like that. But if you go to the store, they put sugar in your peanut mm. butter now. So we, of course, oh, and they put emulsifiers.
2: Like, yeah,
0: yeah. When we lived in Kenya, we used to get. <laughs> All kinds of nut butter, mm-hmm. and it—I it, mean, we we could get almond butter, we could get cashew butter, because it grew oh. wild on the trees in Kenya. Oh, oh my gosh, it was such a different taste than here. Yeah. Do you ever use nut butters, Ivan? I do. Oh. I do. Hmm, that's something different to use. Cashew, right? cashew mm. butter is sweet, it's
1: delicious. Yeah. It
0: is awesome. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, I yeah. like
1: a Thai dish done with a peanut sauce where you mm. melt the peanut butter into a little coconut milk or cream. You put in spices. Mm. You, you, you finish with, um, you know, chopped fresh cilantro, a touch of sesame oil.
0: Ooh. And then you
1: do a cold sesame noodle or a warm sesame noodle. I love mm. peanut butter.
0: Oh, mm. i'm i'm I me too man. I'm like a dog like that now it is um national spicy hermit Cookie day now come on, you know that hermit like you know when you save a dough mixer and then you it goes to the next mm. person like a chain mail like of of dough, co- yeah, I used to do the hermit cake thing we do yeah. hermit cookies where you'd make that's the batter and then give it yeah. to somebody else and then their batter expanded and then they'd give it to someone. what is that like the chainmail.
1: I, I, I
0: don't know. I've oh, never I don't heard of that. Yeah, her, that's, her that's it a, no, it's an African thing. Um, the no, it's not Persian. Habit. Well, well, I suppose yeah, that's Africa kind of yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the sharing of what you have on your plate. It's the oh. sharing of the dough. So the woman makes more dough than she needs. And at a certain point, the dough is not going to be good anymore. So they all have their own kind of ingredients and way of doing it. And so mm-hmm. when you give away dough to this one, you'll get a dough from another one. Yeah. So nobody goes without the dough. It's they a chain meal. It's like a community Yeah, dough. it's like a, yeah, in, in Africa, is very much like that where they all fared and then every the 60s thing i think it's you guys are a bunch of hippies and who knows what was inside that dough i'm just saying there's uh, some, you know I, 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 there's nothing, i'm thinking i know there's nothing right, wrong with the spice 60s that? there's a little herb and spice in that cooking. no there's the nothing wrong the with the bread 60s bread come on look at the music that came well, out I'm actually, Wait, your the, dough. well we used to call it the hermit thing and actually now reading this this is not um this is about uh cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves. Mm-hmm. Um Fannie Farmer did it in her cookbook years ago in 1936. Raisins, currants, dried fruits, all of that. So getting into that season. Mm. But the Herman cake is very similar, but it was like that dough starter kind of thing that went around. It's also National Raisin Brand Cereal Day. Everybody, oh. right, Ivan? You know everyone yeah. eats this, mm. you know? Not so, you
1: know that was my favorite cereal growing up, and the problem mm-hmm. is now it's mm-hmm. so high in sugar because of really? the raisins,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, the sugar is through mm-hmm. the roof, I, I can't eat it, was, it anymore,
0: I thought it was brand bran wow. was good for you know the fiber well, and the yes
1: yes, I love the fiber, yes, but the sugar mm. is astronomical, oh, you know? and you know, and yeah. when you buy cereal, again, reading a label, they they actually have the side. So the serving size will be um, a half a cup. No yeah. people in this country pour a half a cup of cereal into a bowl. You're eating yeah. five to six times that amount. You've got to multiply it. And then you're getting, oh, my God, <clears throat> you yeah. know, 3,000 milligrams of sugar. <laughs> uh,
0: wow. Well. Well speaking of sugar it well, is also I would, um I would like my fiber buried underground thank you very well, much Well there's other ways to get fiber it's called salad Yes I'm just saying cabbage broccoli yes. Nancy's yes. favorite Um it's yes. National Bundt Cake Day November 15th. I 15. love that I like A little bundt cake I used to one around one it was love butt those. cake but apparently it's not a butt cake it's a bundt cake Bundt and, um, Hey and everyone have those bundt pans Did It's about that dusty the pan Get yeah. that dusty bunt pan out and start cooking up or baking up those. They bundt were pretty. Cakes. I yeah, like yeah. them. You could you could do it like coffee I, cake for you know when people come over, have a little cake, a nice slice. You can do a little drizzle of thing. You, and you there's like a center, so you could put a candle in there. Or do you, a you ever decoration? bake, Jeff Ivan? Do you ever bake? I know Tracy bakes. Do you bake?
1: Oh, I, oh, all the time. To- I with the, with the students, I bake all the time. Oh yeah. Oh
0: wow, cool. Have you done a bun cake yet? I mean, they're, they're like
1: uh, we've done buns. Bundt we do the yeah. we do the mini bun cakes. We have the oh, silicone wow. um, pad that has the mini bun, um, you know, indents in them, and we do the wow. little mini bun cakes. And then we like to finish them. I show them like chocolate ganache. Yeah.
0: You know how to how to
1: finish them with chocolate ganache and and different oh. things. But I like little mini buns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good thing we're not calling it butt cake anymore. We all like little mini butts. Right. Um, but, all right, so yeah. um, November 16th is Bougelou Day. You know the wine. You know wine? Bougelou. Yeah, I don't pronounce it. Nouveau, I think. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Nouveau. I know how to drink it. Um, but that's a nice table Bourjolet. wine for the holidays. Bougelou. Bougelou. No, it's Bougelou Nouveau. It's bougie. Well, <laughs> depends on whether you're French or not. Yeah, so bougie Lay. Bougie. No vu. Bougie. Bougie. Okay, so November 17th is International Students' Day. That's cool. Guinness World Records Day. Oh, come on, Ivan. Ooh. Get the kids together and make the world's biggest pizza. Come on. would <laughs> so awesome. Oh my you got like the wine. Wouldn't that be fun? To right. do something like that? Right. right. Oh, oh, November, how, November how big 17th. big would that have to good. be? I know. Huge. I don't know. We'll have to look up the records on that. but Yeah. Uh, National Homemade Bread Day. I think homemade There's bread a... is nothing like it. Yummy. When it comes out of the oven, mm. and making bread is just not that hard. You can do some that is self-rising, yeasty thing. But do you do that with, with the kids too, make bread?
1: I do. Oh, I do. Cool, my man. my favorite bread is uh, baguettes because it doesn't oh. have any fat and it doesn't have any sugar in it. mm um, also sourdough, whoa. very healthy bread.
0: Oh, we're back to yeah. the sourdough. I always, see, yeah, my granny rye. taught yeah. me that if your bread wouldn't rise, if you didn't have at least half a teaspoon of sugar. Is so that not true? You said that the other chemicals eat the sugar? No? Oh, oh wow. experiments, I like that. I no, mean, she cool. said it's like you. It's a craft.
1: You know, making bread is, yeah. is very specialized. Oh. Yeah. Like, there's bread, and then there's bread that you eat and go, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> mm, yep, yep. I know. that I That's what Jeff has here. I mean, I'm like, okay, you guys leave the house so mm. I can pig out on the bread.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love bread. Well, Tracy I want, loves I bread.
0: The bread. And he's got to so the, flour oh, and the flour, yeah. the flour on the side. You can do without sugar. Like... You can make it without sugar. He said baguette. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course you can. And. oh. The bread that he makes, he has that little bit of flour on the side, but it's not like chunky flour. You know, and sometimes it's burned. He doesn't burn the flour. It's like the perfect Mm -hmm. thin little layer of flour. It's like, how do you get to that perfection? He's into it. Like, he has a sour. We we hung out with him the other night when we first got here. He's doing this journal. I'm like, what's all that about you? I thought, you know, are you working? He goes, it's my sourdough journal. Like, he has a journal of his sourdough baking. Mm. Like, serious. Yeah, like, sure.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm like, I it's want It's a very in. specialized
1: I mean, thing. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. Yeah. And
0: I think he studied, there's a bakery here in Tucson, Barrio, um, that is really huge. And, and we're, mm. I mean, we're in the gastronomy capital of the world here in Tucson. We're very proud mm-hmm. of our city here. Um, and that is a good bakery. And uh, that's where he went to learn, I think. But it's also Baklava Day now. That's a little sugary goodness, isn't it? Baklava. Oh, I'm,
1: I have to tell you, I'm not a fan of baklava. Oh. I'm just not a oh. fan. It's too It's too sugary. It's too, it's just, it's It's like finishing a meal and putting six tablespoons of sugar in your mouth. It just, yeah. to me, it's, it's, so o- it's overwhelming.
0: Well, you know what it is? Wow. Uh, over Over sugary things, I put it, if I eat it, my teeth immediately feel like they're bending. Yeah. Like they're yes. literally bending. And I don't understand this. I need to ask a dentist, but I don't want to see one um, oh, no. ever. But I you know. have to that. But why you is don't. it that you feel like your teeth are literally bending? Because I'll be very
1: honest with you, very don't honest with you. Are. There was a doctor, doctor in the early 1900s that did research on sugar. Mm. And the reality is, as human beings, we were never really supposed to be eating sugar. Oh.
2: Sugar hard. is,
1: without a doubt, one of the worst things that you can put in your body. Yeah. <clears throat> so what happens is it was supposed to be a very light treat, and the food company said, wait a second, it's addictive. So in America, yeah. it's got to be sweet. It's got to be mm-hmm. sweet. It's got to have mm-hmm. salt. It's got to have mm-hmm. a fatty feel. And they mm-hmm. started putting it in everything. Then they went to uh, high um, fructose corn syrup, which mm-hmm. is the worst. Oh, it is God. in Everything, everything because they want to get you butter. addicted.
0: Even peanut yes, of butter course. Is Remember when I call? I don't know. If, um You weren't on the show, but I called the. It, we had another doctor on the show, and we called the corn company, the corn, the corn people on the show mm-hmm. because that's they were me. trying oh to hide gosh. the 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 main person's phone number and everything. So we called the office and had it oh, on a yeah, live broadcast. Terrible. And I, I got into. I mean, I shouldn't be even saying this on the air now, but it was so mm. much fun. It was our rents raised and rock and roll show because mm-hmm. we went after Monsanto's and and people like that because we will. It's not good. People are not healthy with this food, and um no, no, it's not, and it's bad for farmers. It's bad. Like, don't. Ooh, that's a whole. And lot they, of stuff. but bad, but we called it's bad for the land as we called, well. We called and we talked to the secretary of this person, and um mm. we left a voicemail on the air and said that and when we called we said this is a show blah 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 you can hang up on us if you want so we did give her the option of hanging up and then we left a voicemail and said we're you know we'd please call us back we'd like to interview you to find out about high fructose corn syrup and what you're doing with corn Mm -hmm. and all of this you know And, and it wasn't me who left the message it was the doctor on the show and, um, and she straight, and she, she I'm not putting her name out there. Cause Monsanto went after her too. So yeah. we're not doing that. Oh, um, but anyway, so we do this and one day I'm working quietly and writing an article or something. And mm-hmm. my phone rings and it's this dude. And then I went big blend. Ready. He goes, is this big blend? Ready? I said, yes. Yeah. So like, how can I help you? He, you know, this is Lisa, he goes, this is Lisa. Oh. And he went off on me and just started mm-hmm. yelling at me and carrying on like a big baby, mm-hmm. like a two year old tantrum. And eventually I just said, Well, are you done? And he goes, Yes. <laughs> and then he hung up.
1: <laughs> of course.
0: And he yelled at me. Do you know oh, how strong you do, that my, my, uh, uh, do you know how
1: strong right? the sugar lobbies are in Washington? You know sh- oh, how strong huge. the sugar industry is. Do... We're
0: not allowed to do this anymore. We're not allowed to do this you know, kind of stuff the anymore. Billions
1: right? in profits. Billions Don't with us. from sugar. Don't with us.
0: Yeah. little bucks. Because We're... the whole country is addicted to sugar. It's a fast food. Well, that's what I love what you're it's doing. There, with your kids. there are certain things that are addictive. Alcohol, coffee, sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but, there you but go. Listen,
0: hey, hey, if you're going to have sugar, have wine. It's National Zinfandel Day on November 17th. I can get I'm behind there. that. If you're going to have sugar, have wine. Not too much of it. But um, I think mm-hmm. fermentation and wine has been around historically, though. You know, before the candy sugar stuff. Fermentation is a good thing. It lessens the evil, but it makes it taste better. Are we allowed wine, Chef Ivan? Come on, we're allowed wine. We're allowed to do that. Do
1: you know, well, not only is wine good for you, there's not as much sugar in wine as people think through the fermentation process.
2: Exactly. A lot of that sugar
1: is, you know, so people think wine is pure sugar. It's not. It's not at all. And if you're going to drink drink wine, (laughs) yeah, drink red wine. You, you know, eat. um, but yeah, yeah, there are just a lot of mistaken views out there because people kind of don't do the research and mm. uh, and a lot of other things. You know, I but, love wine, Tracy and I love wine, especially I, I, Zinfandel. I, I,
0: I, oh my but, god, and but it's with, good with cheese. When, but when oh. wine ferments, it's a chemical yes. process, yeah. And I learned this in yeah. chemistry because yeah. my, my thing was, let me take it to you a level that I understand not where the teacher was. I want to talk about wine and fermentation and the lessening of the sugar. But the sugar is a um it's like a process. It's a chemical put in there. Even though when I say chemical it it's not um, well it's a chemical. Mm. It produces other it, it induces reactions by other ingredients to do something they wouldn't do if the sugar was not there. Mm. But once the sugar does its job, it goes bye bye. It dissipates.
1: Mm. Yes, exactly.
0: That's, that's the word. It dissipates. Same and thing in bread. same thing in bread. When you're playing I'm going sugar back the to yeast. like college, right? I'm trying to. Re- yeah. yeah. So like you don't. If a bread is baked correctly, you don't taste the yeast. If you taste it, there's too much in there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's yep. a chemical. It's an agent to make every other ingredient act together nicely and produce what you want. Well, I want right. to, I want to go further too, because, um, it's also apple cider day and that is fermentation. And I remember ah, drinking apple cider in England. Yeah. And I think oh, that's where it kind of dates back to. They say 3,000 BC when they started so using different. crab apples, and that's, that's where from, I remember picking crab apples here. in England as a. I remember picking crab apples as a kid in England, mm-hmm. and like not knowing that because I was like fresh out of Africa into like oh apple country. This is different, mm-hmm. and going like these do not taste that great. Just biting oh, they into them, apples. And, so that's what they used, and did cider. They did slow gin, but they did cider. And now that's a lot of what people use. Um, at their holiday table is sparkling apple cider, and ap- but apple cider. Do you drink that ever, <laughs> Ivan? Do you ever cook? I do. Cook I, it? I you know,
1: uh, oh yeah, I, I do. As a matter of fact, let's say I was doing a pork chop. What you want to do mm-hmm. is you want to take apple cider and you want to put it in a sauté pan and reduce it to a syrup. Mm-hmm. At that point, you can add apple cider vinegar, different things to it, mm-hmm. herbs. You can also do a ber blanc, which is a French butter sauce, where you have shallots reducing with the apple cider and then put cold butter in and go back and forth and do an apple cider ber blanc to go with mm. a pork chop. It's That's delicious.
0: That, does that take away the beating the heck out of the pork chop with a meat hammer? Because the <laughs> it, it well, I'm just going back to I'm so dating myself, but my granny taught me with the meat hammer, you beat the crap out of meat to tenderize it. You're not supposed to talk like that to the meat. You're supposed to go oh, like I'm gonna make you no, nice and tender. No. And and then later I think when you add certain things to the recipe, it softens it by itself in a natural way, but I don't
1: know. Let me tell you something. When it came to scallopini, is when you take a piece of protein and you hit it with the flat part of the the, the mallet, what that was done for originally was to create profit, to take something small and then make it very, very thin, make it look bigger. Pounding something doesn't necessarily tenderize anything except making it thinner. If you're cooking it correctly and you're brining it or you're marinating it or you're cooking it quickly, you're going to get a very tender thing. But, you know, to take a chicken cutlet and then make it look three times the size, people go, ooh, and you can charge a lot more. When the reality is, not necessarily the case.
0: Oh, she only did it to beef. She only did it to beef, as I recall was just she beat the if there was a steak she beat the crap out of it
1: wow you know well, they do you know. it they do it with veal i would never touch veal i don't oh. cook with veal yeah. veal is one of the most tender mm-hmm. meats there are because it's a baby cow it's a calf yeah. so to have to you know to take veal and and beat it you so you're going to do a veal milanese you're going to do a you know a veal cutlet parm oh. you're just making it bigger the meat already is butter Wow. wow!
0: So this this is this is interesting, man. Hey, and I'm glad crazy. we're doing yeah. this holiday thing with you, Chef Five, and this is fun. I got I got our last Sorry. one though, and I'm glad you brought up the apple cider because wow, the apple cider vinegar, by the way, is really healthy. It's healthy. It's a yes, good thing it to is. drink. It is. Now I don't I didn't bring this up before we started recording, and I don't know how to pronounce it. I should have asked you before because this is <laughs> I don't know what the heck Uh-oh. I'm saying. But um, good luck to this. So. I'm sorry if this is confusing to everyone. Um, but this is, and I kind of know I've heard of it before. It is a French soup. And it's, I think it's Vichy Sois?
1: Vichy Sois. Yeah, it's cold potato yeah. soup. Yeah.
0: Cold. Yeah. Ice cold.
1: In an ice cold mm. bowl with like an ice cold spatula. spoon. Like,
0: like a spatula. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why why are we
1: doing cold yeah. soups? Oh, I mean, you know, because, you know, for the same reason why gazpacho is so delicious ice cold, the potatoes, you know, when you're serving them, you're making the soup and then you're chilling it, sometimes things when they're hot don't transfer as well. Sometimes things when they're mm-hmm. cold, tr- like if you think about borscht, yeah. when you make mm-hmm. borscht, which is very, yeah. very involved, and you serve it ice cold, Without that heavy heat element staying with the cooking, going into that cold, a lot of the flavors develop. And it's very different on the palate. It's like ice cold ice cream.
0: Yeah. You know, it's just like, like oh,
1: it's refreshing.
0: If you take something out of the fridge the second day, sometimes it tastes mm-hmm. better. It tastes better. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like pizza. We're back to the pizza. Um, and chili. And they, well, actually, potatoes, like, Okay. So like if you boil a potato, like, or roast it, either way, mm. I do like potatoes cold. It's weird. And there's like, well, even like, if you could salad. take a full, like a full roast, like a roasted potato or baked potato, I should say. I'll eat that cold. And there's something like the taste yeah. is so different when it's cold. I eat a lot of cold food. That's why I'm asking, what is it about me eating sure. cold food? It's weird. Right? I find, find some of it refreshing. Um, but the cold potatoes, there's like a whole other texture even oh, when it's yes. cold. Sometimes, sometimes heat hides the flavor.
1: Yes. Yes. No. Think about cold pizza the day, la- the day after. The oh, pizza's yeah. in the fridge and you're like, I'm not warming this up. I'm eating it like this. It's delicious. Oh, yeah.
0: Heck, yeah. With the beer, thank you very oh, much. Oh, and, and especially the tomato sauce is way more brilliant. No. Nancy, though, she takes pizza. <laughs> And she, you don't microwave it to heat it up. You're going to eat it up in the next no, morning. No, she I puts it in microwave. a skillet on a skillet, and then mm. she fries an egg on top. But she still yeah, has to so have fun. the runny yolk, and it has to—you have to get yeah. the temperature. There's a mm. thing, and I think right. you put a pan over it, a lid over it, right, Nancy? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that it cooks. She's she cuts so good the so to the bottom the of the pizza has got that crunch. Mm-hmm. And then she puts the lid over and, it and the it, egg is, yeah, it actually damn. softens the crust a bit. But it has the crunch, it so has the crunch. Because you, it, it softens the crust of the pizza if you put a lid over the pan. If you don't, the crust gets harder.
2: Right. So
0: I, I put a lid over and I put an egg next to it. I flip the egg and it cooks wonderfully into the pizza. Mm-hmm. And But you have to keep the lid on the pan. Otherwise, it doesn't work. We've tried it a million times in different ways. And then you can sprinkle cheese on top, which is good, or whatever else you want to sprinkle on top is magical. I think people, we need to have a national play with your food day. Get in there and do Mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, Nancy's not going to be the first person to do it, but Mm -hmm. I think we need to have that creativity and not be in the kitchen Just try something, you know, have some fun with it, you know. See what you can do.
1: There was a a pizzeria in upstate New York, and it was in a college town. And what he did is when the pizza would come out and he'd serve slices, Mm. he would put shredded ice-cold mozzarella on the pizza, and he couldn't keep up with it. He could not keep up with the slices. Mm.
0: Yeah. So oh, because you've got that. Oh, that's like a texture thing again. Well, this yeah, is it's interesting. a dichotomy. So, so yeah. let's go back to this cold potato soup that I can't pronounce. So this is potato Did onion leek? Oh my God. I love leeks in potato soup. Oh my God. So this is, it's interesting that they do it at this time of year. Since it's French, you would think it'd be a little cold over there, but they do this. Is there cheese involved? Cream and chicken stock? What?
1: Yeah, cream, chicken stock. This? Not, no, not normally. Basically, you're you're gonna make a, a you're gonna cook it in cream. You're gonna cook it with stock. You're gonna put herbs in it. You're gonna go into a blender. You're gonna pass it through a chinois, so you just get the the, the pure perfect soup. And then you're gonna chill it, and then you're gonna put it in an ice cold bowl with an ice cold spoon.
0: Oh and wow! Leeks. What do you, yeah. what do you mean? You put you okay? So I know when I pour beer. Hey, Nancy and I ran a bed and breakfast again three times now with Nancy making the breakfast. Just saying, Nancy's got That's the most colorful language I've ever heard in my life.
1: I'm um, kidding. I'm good. Um,
0: but hey, hey, we got hey, good tips. We got good tip. We got good review. We did good. But um just going back to like when guests would check into the B and B, everyone lining the Rose bed and breakfast in Nashville. Who knows if we'll do it again? We said we wouldn't after the first, but we keep doing it. It's interesting and it's fun to actually be in, under that pressure. Like you have to serve these 10 oh people my gosh. at once and everybody's got dietary things and whatever. And you've got to get it done in a tiny, tiny Victorian kitchen. It's crazy. But like when people check in, they brew their own beer there. And so then they take all this, the wheat stuff and they make them into dog biscuits and take them to the Humane Society. It's very cool. But they keep all their beer glasses chilled. So as a restaurant or someone making this are you putting the spoons in the freezer to do this? Yep, you're
1: is putting it... the you're putting the bowls and the spoons the in the freezer. The bowls
0: and the spoons. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and then of course the soup is ice cold so when you pour it into the bowl it won't wow. crack.
0: Yeah, otherwise wow. you're in trouble. Oh, so do you do that for gazpacho too?
1: Yes, I do. Yes. You do? I wow. do. Oh yeah! Now,
0: when someone eats, like, has this bowl wow. of cold soup, ice cold soup, is it normally like a little bowl, or would someone have less, like, as a big meal? And is it different?
1: Not, like, no. You
0: gonna, it's like little.
1: It's done in a larger bowl that's wide, but the reality is there's maybe about four ounces in there because you okay. don't you don't want to serve it, it. It's it's a refreshing start to a meal. Mm-hmm.
0: Is yeah. it like that that um? What do they call it before the appetizer? I can't pronounce anything. You know that, Ivan. Um, the, oh, the the um, amuse, the amuse bouche or the amuse uh, go. Yeah. Well, you can say that. Yeah. So That's you fair. have. Well,
1: you can you do gazpacho this? in. You can do <laughs> in shots. So you can, oh, for example, oh, you can have ice cold yeah. shot glasses. Put gazpacho, and then put a, a, oh, a oh. an oyster on top. And oh, you you know you do the yeah. oyster and then I do know. the shot of and gazpacho.
0: Mm-mm. Don't be a baby, Nancy. I know. I'm just like, <laughs> but this—oh, no. this would be kind of a cool thing to do for Thanksgiving dinner. I just—I feel oh, like yeah. we need to shift traditions and do something like the yeah. squasho or the soup and say, everybody, do a shot. And and Uncle Joe, I always say it's old Uncle Joe. Mm-mm. I don't know why. We'll sit there and go, give me a shot, and then it'll be soup, and you'll be like, that's not what I meant, and you'll get all pissy and yeah. have some weird yeah. joke, yeah. and then you can give him his shot later, you know. Or beforehand. Think think
1: outside uh, of the box. Think outside of the box. You know, you can do gazpacho with tequila, you know? Oh. And and you can do gazpacho tequila shots, you know? Think out of the box.
0: Oh, I like the gazpacho with the tequila. That sounds really good. So it's almost like you're cevicheing the tomato. That's cool. Yes. I like that. Oh, now I'm happy. Well, Chef Ivan, it has been fun to play Mm. the food game with you. Yes, (laughs) it's
1: been fun, guys.
0: Yeah, we can't wait for next month. Chef Ivan will be back for December. Um, We'll be talking uh, more food and uh, more great tips. Uh, Thank you for all the the great tips for everyone and and, um, for the pronunciations of things that I cannot pronounce. Uh, Everyone, Chef Ivan Flowers is on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow him there. And uh, as I was saying uh, earlier, his recipe is up on Radio and com. Link in the show notes and it'll be in the next uh, big weekly Blend Magazine as well. And um, you get it, but just go on our site and just type in Chef Ivan and you'll get a gazillion recipe ideas for Thanksgiving and for the holidays. And they're all good and uh, health centric. You know, some of it may be a little naughty, yes. but but it's about not eating the bad Wait, pickles, the bad peanut butter, good. and the fast food. Every,
1: everything in moderation, guys. Everything in exactly. moderation. Life is short.
0: Well, That's on that right. note, I'm going to go have a glass of wine. Is that okay? You can cheat it here. That's Okay. Right
1: <laughs> So thank okay. you all
0: for joining us. And we also want to thank the Peanut Patch over in Yuma, Arizona. They have fresh peanuts, fresh peanut mm-hmm. uh, butter that is made right oh, there on site, and they and have a go, whole lot of goodies too. They have, have you now. If you want sugar, they have <laughs> sugar-free candy. By the way, we're talking about sugar-free. Um, they have gift baskets for the holidays. Um, all they kinds of great local of products, like medjool dates uh, that are grown mm-hmm. in Yuma, Arizona. Um, They brought them in from Morocco before India, California, actually, even. And um, they have no uh, natural pests, so you don't even have to worry about getting them organic. And they are the royal medjool dates that you can stuff with peanut butter and all kinds of good stuff. But I know, Ivan, you're going to go, there's a lot of sugar in there, but it's not like a candy bar. It's better. You're going to take one of the No, You know, actually,
1: I'm not sure, but I think dates aren't as high in sugar as people think.
0: They are... um, Actually, help. They're full of fiber. I know that. Yep. Very and they full have of fiber. Vitamins. They have some sugar, and and diabetics can use them. And you may just want to cut, you know, like everything in moderation, like Chef Ivan said. But um, they have date shakes there too now that they didn't have before, and that's exciting. But when you think about it, the medjool date—I mean, that's a cool thing. You can st- oh, when you put cheese and jalapeno peppers and roast them. I'm just saying, jack pepper cheese inside a medjool date wrapped in bacon. Uh-oh. Oh, you Ivan, is that a naughty? Are we allowed to do that? Bacon is naughty. Sounds really it's good so to me. Good. Um, a little sweet goes a long way. Nice appetizer. So, good idea. So, everyone, thepeanutpatch.com. Thank you all for joining us. today. Five Ivan. Oh, and thank Biden, you, guys.
1: Tennessee.
0: Thank you. I will. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Big Blend Radio's Big Weekly Blend Podcast. You can keep up with our shows at BigBlendRadio.com. And if you want to get our Big Weekly Blend magazine, just sign up for our newsletter at BlendRadioandTV.com.